eternal joy. So um, joy is not just for the here and now. It's not just based in today. Joy is based in eternity. And when we have a better understanding of eternity, it helps us to live in more joy in the here and now. More joy in the here and now. When we understand things from an eternal perspective. Glory to God. Glory to God. When we look at any situation through the lens of eternity, we'll see the situation differently. Uh, there was a prophetic word that I want to share this morning. I'm just going to pause my message for a minute. There was a prophetic word that I want to I share this morning, um, and it's this. Uh, there's, there's someone with anxiety on the right side. Now, I don't know if that's the right or the right, so just bear with me. If it's you, you know who it is. Uh, someone, someone has severe anxiety, and uh, they were forcing themselves through that song. Um, lean back, and uh, that you're wrapped in fear and anxiety, and th- we just see you trying to be wrapped in his peace, but you feel like you're such a failure, and that you feel like you can't receive God's love. God is saying, don't run. My life will sustain you. I forgive you, and you are mine. And so if that's you this morning, if you have that anxiety, if you felt severe anxiety, even as we were singing the song, I just want to pray I want to release the love of God. Listen, God's love is not dependent upon what you do. God's love for you never changes. It doesn't matter. You can't earn God's love. You can't earn more of God's love by doing the right thing. You can't disqualify yourself from God's love by doing the wrong thing. God loves you no matter what. And God does not want us to be fearful. God does not want us to be anxious. And it's God's love that causes us to not have to suffer those things. As we press into know God's love better, we are delivered from fear and anxiety. The Bible tells us that perfect love casts out all fear. When we fully embrace the love that comes from God, fear leaves our body. It leaves our spirit. It can't stay where love is. So right now, I just want you to, you don't have to raise your hand, but just reach out and receive the love of God. Father, right now, we pray that your love would go forth God, that it would bless everyone who needs it this morning. God, those who suffer from fear or anxiety, Lord. God, we just pray the love of God to impact and impart right now in Jesus' name. For fear to go, for anxiety to flee in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, back to the message. Little commercial break. Thank you, Lord. I love God's commercials. They're the best. We have a commercial when we're watching TV. Everybody gets up and goes and runs to grab snacks, right? We have a commercial when, with God, and everybody's like, ooh, pick me, pick me. <laughs> Good times. Uh, joy is based in eternity. We've been doing this joy-filled life series. We're talking about joy, 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 joy. Years ago, I don't know how it happened, probably because I keep talking about joy. Somehow somebody called me the joy pastor and the name stuck. Figure that. So joy it is and joy it'll be and joy it'll continue to stay. And so one of the things, how did we get here? And so I I do all that by way of uh, explanation. This is why we're doing the Joy-Filled Life Series. I want you to walk in the same joy that I do. 
right? That's, this is God's plan, right? Not that I do it myself, but th- now that I've figured it out, I want you to all do the same thing. Jesus did this. Jesus healed people. And then after he started doing it, he taught his disciples to do the same thing. Do you think that the disciples could heal people any better than Jesus? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, we have scriptural precedents proving that they weren't as good as, as he was. Nevertheless, he sent them out to do it time and time again. And then he left and he said, okay, it's all up to you now. <laughs> I want to give you guys the joy so that you walk in the joy the same way that I walk in the joy. We, we should just, we should continually walk in joy. Uh, and so joy is based in eternity. And so when we have an eternal perspective, every situation that we face changes. When we have an eternal perspective, every situation that we face changes. Just think about it for a minute. Someone passes away and we don't think about eternity, we're never going to see that person again. But if someone passes away and we know that they know Christ, we know that we're going to see them again in probably what is going to seem like just a short time. And then we'll be together forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Right, And so we can clearly see just from this one example that if we view a situation through the lens of eternity, we're going to have a much different understanding of what's going on. Now, that's a very extreme situation, but if we take a small situation like the fact that, you know, my car didn't start this morning, which, which it did, I'm making this up. My car didn't start this morning, and so I had difficulty getting to church. That's a very small trial, but in the midst of it, I can have joy if I view it through the lens of eternity. God, my car didn't start this morning. You're creating this trial, and I've got to figure out a way to get to church, but you're doing something that's going to last forever. And so I call my son-in-law. He comes over and picks me up, and he gets me to church because he understands what's important to my heart. And so God's building this relationship because my car broke down. So I could be upset because my car broke down, or I could be rejoicing and joyful because, wow, my son-in-law did that. He knows what's going on. He gets me. All right, let's look at some scripture. Romans 14, 17 says this. It says, the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. In the scripture here, Paul is discussing, Paul is writing and he's discussing different things about eating. You know, eating, eating meat only, eating vegetables only. And he's like, listen, none of that matters. What you eat don't matter. Now, you can, you can love eating too much and that's called gluttony and that does matter, right? That's not okay. But what we eat doesn't matter. It's not in eating and drinking. It's not whether what you eat or whether what you drink. It does, that doesn't. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy, which all come from the Holy Spirit. Righteousness. We don't, Paul says, I don't have any righteousness of my own. The righteousness that I have, it comes from Christ. My righteousness comes from being found in Christ. It's what Jesus did at the cross. This is what gives me righteousness. My peace doesn't come because I've done anything to earn it or create a world around me that is any shape or form different than your world. I live in the same world, believe it or not. I just choose to see things differently because of Christ. I don't have joy because I have rose-colored glasses on. I'm tell- I don't wear glasses, first of all. Secondly... <laughs> I don't have rose-colored glasses. This isn't just being optimistic. 
I have the assurance of salvation. I have the hope of God within me. I know God. I know what he's doing. I have an idea of what he's up to. Not 100%, but I get it. And as I press into him and as I see him and as I approach him, there's joy that comes. There's joy that comes from knowing God. Righteousness, peace, and joy, it all comes from the same place. It all comes from the Holy Spirit. It's in the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 4 16 through 18 says this, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. Our spirit man is being renewed day by day, even though our flesh, our physical body is perishing. I'm going to be 50 soon, and you know I'm not as strong as I was when I was 30 or 25. But, but uh, I... I, I I pronounce uh, the blessing of Caleb over my own body that uh, I, I, I can still take that mountain, guys. Come on. But it's the spirit man. It's the inward man. And this is how we live in a place of joy, by not focusing on the outward things, but focusing on the inward things. What's God doing in here? What's going on in your spirit? What's going on in your heart? What's God doing my inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working in us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. There it is again. We're talking about eternity. Eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but what the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are seen are the things which are not seen are eternal. Pastor Tom had this version. And it was the PTS translation, the Pastor Tom Sardella translation. Uh, I looked it up. I, I looked. I, I, I searched through as many different versions of this Bible as you could on the app. You know, there's like 127 or so different translations that you can download on the YouVersion app. I, I looked through not all of them, many, a lot of them, all of the ones that I know that he was uh, frequent to using. And what I'm about to tell you is not in any of them. Parts of it are in all of them. And this is what Pastor Tom would say. He said it so often, I memorized it. I didn't have to call him up and ask him what it was. He says, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 18, the last part, for the things which are temporary, he, he would say this. The things which are seen are temporary, they're transient, they're subject to change, and they're passing away. Yeah, it's, it's multiple, diff I called him. I called him, I said, where did you find that? Is that like your own version that you just glued all together? He's like, yes. Perfect. Taking it. The things which are seen are temporary. They are transient. They are subject to change. And they are passing away. The things in our life that we suffer, this momentary light affliction, they are temporary. They are transient. They are subject to change. It's bad today. It's good tomorrow. It's good today. It's bad tomorrow. They're subject to change. And they're passing away. The, this earth and everything in it will, will disappear. And there will be a new heaven and a new earth, the Bible tells us. And we put far too much weight on this earth. We should rest our affections on eternity. We should rest our thoughts in eternity. When we begin to think about heaven more and earth less, joy comes. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says, God has, 
God has set eternity in the hearts of man. But, but man hasn't understood what God has done from the beginning to the end. God's putting eternity in our heart. We understand that we should live for eternity. This is why it's such a shock when somebody dies even at an old age. He's 90. He had two heart attacks, cancer, a stroke, you're hit by a car, you know, all this stuff. Yeah, how could he, how could he die? Um, hello? Why, why are we shocked by death? Because God's put eternity in our hearts. We think we should live forever because we will. We need to start thinking about eternity. Think about heaven. Understand that God sits enthroned and high. Start to think about heaven more. Matthew 4, 17, from that time on, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so I want to talk just a little bit about the kingdom. And we, we read already, the kingdom of God is not, in righteous, is not in eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I want to talk a little bit more about the kingdom. Jesus came and he said, repent, right? This was his message. His message was a message of repentance. Repentance from what? Repentance from sin. Repentance is a turning away from sin, which is disobedience to God, and it's turning toward God, right? This is what repentance is. It's turning away from disobedience to God and turning towards obedience to God. It's when we decide to no longer follow our own way, but to follow Christ, follow God's ways. This is what repentance is. It's a turning away from sin. It's also about rethinking your life. I'm not going to think this sinful way anymore. I'm going to align my thoughts with God's thoughts. And so our entire mind needs to change. So when Jesus said repent... If you know anything about biblical languages, Hebrew and Greek, which both the Old and New Testament were written in, they, they are layered languages, and there are multiple meanings behind every word. So the word repent doesn't just mean to turn away from sin. It also means to rethink, as in rethink your life, rethink the way you're thinking. So rethink, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven, it's here and it's now. There's righteousness, there's peace, and there's joy in the kingdom of heaven, and you can have it if you start to walk in it. So just start to walk in the kingdom of heaven. Start to walk in my kingdom. Start to rethink your life. Start to stop walking the way. Start, stop walking the way that you were walking and start walking the way I want you to walk and you'll be walking in the kingdom and when you walk in my kingdom, you'll have the joy, you'll have the peace, you'll have the righteousness. It'll be yours. Basically, we could, re we could rephrase this. Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He could, he, we could basically repent, re rephrase this and say, hey, I'm here. Jesus could say, hey, I'm here and I brought my kingdom with me. And you have to change your thinking to enter into my kingdom. You have to change your thinking to enter into my kingdom. When Jesus was crucified or when Jesus was going to the cross, he's having this conversation with Pilate. And Pilate says, are you a king? And Jesus replies and he says, my kingdom is not from here. If my kingdom were from here, my disciples would fight for me. But now my kingdom is not from here. And so because Jesus has a king, kingdom unlike any other kingdom we've ever seen, his, um, his coronation was unlike any other coronation we've ever seen.
Joy is a side effect of living in the kingdom. When we live in the kingdom, the result is going to be joy. Not just that you smile all the time. Not just that you're happy all the time. That's, that's, a, that's a side effect of joy. But joy is this overwhelming understanding that God is behind the scenes, working, willing, and able, and it's all going to work out, and you're just joyful. You just have this happiness on the inside that doesn't ever go away because of what God has done. Joy is a side effect of the kingdom. We're all familiar with the side effects, right? All you got to do is watch a Hallmark film. I swear all they have is drug commercials on there. And the side effects for this are, they tell you about, they take about 10 seconds to tell you about the drug, and then it's two and a half minutes of side effects. And I'm like, give, wow. Well, one of the side effects of living in the kingdom, living in and from the kingdom, is joy. When we live in the kingdom of God, we will have joy. I don't know, I've been a Christian for, <laughs> I don't know, I've been a Christian for years and years. I'm not, I'm not joyful. That's right, it's because you're not really living in the kingdom the right way. That's okay. Well, come on, let's do this. Let's do this again. Let's revisit that. Let's go back at it again. Yeah. Psalm 1611 says this, you, will sh you show me the path of life. In your presence, God's presence, is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Fullness of joy. Somebody say fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. Not a little joy. Fullness of joy. Have you ever experienced fullness of joy? You know what? You know why you guys just keep coming back and you keep going, getting your friends and bringing your friends and why everybody wants to be here on a Sunday morning? It's because God's presence is here. It's not because I'm such a fabulous speaker. We've already seen that. That's not true. I mean, the worship team is, is fantastic, so maybe you come for that, but it's God's presence. It's God's presence. That's what's here, and that's what you're here for. Why? Because there's fullness of joy there. And so there's fullness of joy here because his presence is here. The, there's fullness of joy. It's not a little bit of joy. We have to understand that God is a happy God. God is a glad God. He's happy. He's not up in heaven, some angry judge sitting there wait, with a hammer waiting to bring the hammer down. Uh, that wasn't what I wanted Bam! No, that's not God. God is up in heaven and he is happy. He's smiling. Uh, he's up there in heaven right now. He's like, look at my son. He's going for it. I mean, he's not doing great, but he's going for it. Good job. Good job. This is who, he's just so happy. He's a happy God. You know, we have to understand that, you know, heaven is the most joyful place you will ever be. The Bible tells us that Jesus was the most a uh, glad person. He was anointed with gladness more than all of his companions. Heaven is the happiest place you will ever experience. Smiling in heaven is not required. It's inevitable. You don't really have a choice as to whether or not you're going to smile. I, it'll be fun to see how long, of you, how long some of you can hold out. Right? You come in with your, your grimace or your pout and you're like, hmm. right? I'm not going to be happy. Okay, we'll see how long this lasts. Just, just sit here for five minutes. Five minutes in the presence of God. Hey, one second, I'm telling you. I don't give you guys a half a second, some of you. 
Smiling in heaven is not required. It's inevitable. You're just going to get happy. And so the glorious news is that we don't even have to wait. We can start to partake, uh, see heaven now, read about heaven now, and we can understand eternity now. And just in understanding what it's going to be like, we can have the joy now. We can smile now. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And the glory of the cross is that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ right now. Christ is seated at the right hand of the throne of God right now. This is what Ephesians tells us. That Christ is seated at the right hand of God. That we are seated with Christ. And so we are seated in heaven with Christ Because Christ took our place, because we declared our faith in Jesus, we sit in heaven with him. And so we sit at the right hand of God right now in the spiritual realm. And so because we are at the right hand of God, there are pleasures forevermore in my life. I mean, I'm gluing it together, but it should be glued together. You guys should be gluing it together. I'm gluing it together for you. I'm not, this isn't, this isn't bad theology. Trust me. (laughs) We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are seated at the right hand of God and there are pleasures forevermore there and we can begin to partake of them right now. Yes, 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 yes. When we die, we get to go to heaven. That's the best part. But we get to have a relationship with God right here, right now. We get to partake of the pleasures that God has right here, right now. We get to do it with him and and it's great. It's just joy. Joy. Romans 15, 13 says this. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we see joy and peace and hope, and they're all tied up together here in this verse. And I'm just going to throw faith in there. Joy and hope and faith all working together. I get kind of excited. You know, they're all working together. And as you get more of one, you're going to get more, more of the other because they all come through the Holy Spirit. They all come through fellowshipping with God more. They all come through being in his presence more. I heard someone say recently, and I haven't, like, proofed all this out. I'm just going to repeat what they said, and I'll let you know later. Uh, they said, peace is joy at rest, and joy is peace dancing. I like it. Like I said, haven't proved it, haven't taken that home and and sat on it and studied it and reflected on it, but that's pretty good. Peace is joy at rest, and joy is peace dancing. It just makes me happy. Now may the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace. Hope has two buddies. They're joy and peace. And so when we have hope, we'll have joy and we'll have peace. And when we have joy and peace, we're going to have hope. Hope, hope is not what the world has made it out to be. Hope is not just wishful thinking. Are you going to get the job? Well, I hope so. I hope so. I don't, I don't, I hope so. Are you going to get the, I hope so. I don't know. I hope so. I'm hoping. Here's hoping. Here's wishing. No. No. Hope, biblical hope, is a confident expectation. I have hope in Christ. I have hope in heaven. I have hope in God. I have a confident expectation. 
I'm past having doubts. Got my PhD, past having doubts. I have confident expectation of heaven. I know that there is a God. I know that he exists. I know heaven. I can't wait to go there, but God's got me here, and I'm going to do everything that he wants me to do while I'm here. But, man, the better part is that I get to live from heaven now. May the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace in believing. In believing. And so we get to be filled with joy and with peace as soon as we believe. You don't have to wait until you receive whatever it is you're asking for to receive the joy and the peace that goes along with it. We can't wait until we're in heaven to have the assurance of salvation. That's, that's kind of backwards. The assurance of salvation comes now before we're brought to heaven so that we know that when we, it's our time to go, that we'll go there. Right? It's, it's in believing. It's while, we're, while we've just believed, I believe in God, and now God fills you with hope and joy and peace. It's in believing. It's not because I've received the million dollars. It's not because I've see, received the perfect life. It's not because I've received and I've got and, I, and, and everything lined up and now I can finally have joy. No. It's as soon as you believe in God, the joy comes. As soon as you believe in God, the peace comes. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3 says this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. And so I bring faith in at this point because as we live a life of faith, our joy will increase. Joy is, the, is the, um, joy is the expected outcome when you live by faith. Faith is the opposite of fear. Fear is the expectation that something bad is going to happen. Faith is expecting something bad. We fear because we are expecting something bad. And so fear leads to anxiety. Fear leads to anger. Fear leads to the dark side. <laughs> faith <laughs> faith is the expectation of something good faith is is that you are just believing that something good is going to happen romans eight twenty eight. god works all things together for good for those who love god and call according to his purposes so when something bad happens, immediately Romans 8, 28, oh, God's going to work this together for good. It's not God's fault that it happened, but he'll work it together for good. God's so good at working bad things together for good that sometimes we blame God for the bad thing that happened because we can't, <laughs> because we can't imagine any other way for that good thing to happen than other than that, for that bad thing to come. That's not true. God doesn't make the bad things happen. He just takes the bad things that are happening. He's like, oh, I got this. Whoop. He takes the bad thing. He's like, oh, I got this. Whoop. 
I got the bad thing. Whoop. Oh, here we go. Romans 8, 28. And when, I, when something bad happens, I immediately imagine the alternative. God's got this. God's going to do this. God's going to do something. And then what I expect doesn't happen, it's just Romans 8, 28 again. He's going to go in a different direction. No, he's going to do it again. I just keep reinvesting my faith. Reinvest my faith. I'm going to dump my faith into a new belief of what's going to happen because it's only going to work together for good. It can only work together for good because I'm called by God and, I, and he loves me. And Roman and, and Bible tells me that if, if I'm called of God and he loves me, then that everything's going to work together for good. And it does. And if you are constantly in faith, believing for good, you're, the, the end, you're just always, it, again, it's not rose-colored glasses. It's the assurance of salvation. It's the assurance of expectation that God's going to do it, right? It's this faith. It comes down to trust. Faith has to, if you're always expecting something good, you're just going to be happy. You're just going to be joyful. You can't remain non-joyful and expect good things all the time. Can't happen. And so what are we expecting? Are we, are we, when we walk out the door, when we go to work, when, when, we're, when we come home, when we, when we, whatever, turn on the stove, turn on the car, go, you guys have all lived life. You do something and what are you expecting? I'm expecting that car to turn on again. It's got a hundred and I don't know, 27,000 miles on it. It's going to start again. It's going to start again. I'm not even going to, I don't even think about it. I don't even think that there could ever be an issue. I turn the key and it doesn't start. I'm like, how could this happen? <laughs> Constant expectation of good. Uh, when, it, when it does start to get slow, especially in the winter, I'm like, oh, I got to get the battery checked. Like, be responsible. But constant expectation of good. It, it's always, it's just, it's going to work out. I don't know how it's going to work out. It's going to work out. It doesn't mean I don't do my part. I do my part and I do what I have to do. But if I'm always expecting good, it's going to result in joy. You're just going to get happy. The NRSV says this, uh, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not yet seen. Faith and hope have to lead to joy and peace. Faith and hope have to lead to joy and peace. If we have faith, if we live by faith, which we're called to do, we're called to live by faith. If we live by faith, then we're going to have joy. And if we live with hope, because we have the hope of salvation, we're going to have peace. Joy and, joy and faith and hope lead to joy and peace. As faith increases, so does joy. And so as your faith increases, your, your joy increases. And really, it comes down to trust. I've, I've mentioned this once already. It comes down to trust. And so the question is, do we trust God? The question is, how much do we trust God? What do we trust God with? What don't we trust God with? How far does our trust in God go? It's about trust. When we're young, when we're little, when we're children, we trust our parents completely and implicitly because we know that they're protecting us and nothing bad has happened to us yet. 
But as we live life, we receive injury, be it emotional, physical, whatever, something happens. And now we understand we're not completely protected. And so our trust gets wavered a little bit. But God's not like man. God can be trusted. We sang that song with all of the names of God, right? It, we don't have all of these names for God because God's confused about who he is. He's not a bipolar God. Call me this. No, call me that. No, call me this. Today I'm this. Today. No. <laughs> we have all of these names for God because our finite mind can't understand an infinite God other than to give him hundreds of names. And so he is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. He is Jehovah Rapha, the God, our healer. He is El Shaddai, the God, our, our sustenance. Uh, he is, what was the other one that we sang? Uh, Elohim, the creator God. Adonai, the Lord, our God. The great I am. Yahweh, all these names of God. Yes, he's all of them, all at once. And he never stops being one to be another. Yeah, I, my wife says she loves those. I love those songs where we sing the names of God because it just reminds me of who he is. I discover who he is again and again and again as I sing those songs. He is the Lord my God. He is the Lord my provider. He is my victory. He is my banner. He's all of those things and more. This is who God is. And he's able to be trusted. Sometimes we misunderstand the sovereignty of God. And when a bad thing happens, we're like, oh, well, that's the sovereign, sovereignty of God. It, God must have wanted that to happen. No. God doesn't want bad things to happen. Bad things happen in the world because sin is in the world. And we can't misrepresent God. And then we'll say, some people will say, well, God allowed it to happen. If, if I beat my children, I'm arrested for child abuse. But if I let a stranger beat my children and I watch on. I still get arrested for child abuse even though I didn't lay a hand on them. So if we say that God allowed something bad to happen, we defame the character of God. And so it's not like that. It's more of the fact that God has set certain things in motion and he has removed his tendency to act because of man's free will. And when he does move and act and interrupt man's free will, it's what we call miracle. He can do it. He still can do it. God is sovereign. Is everything happening in the world what God plans? Absolutely not. 1 Peter 3.9 says that God wants everyone on the planet to be saved and know Christ. Is that the reality? No, we're not seeing that happen. There are people that worship the devil. There are people that we know 100% are going to hell. That's not God's will, and yet it happens. Is God still sovereign? Yes, he is. But we can't defame the name of God or who God is because we don't understand what we're seeing. He's worthy to be trusted. He's, he's able to be trusted. He is a good God. He wants the absolute best for your life. He wants the absolute best for your life. The, this book, why did he give us this book? It's a love letter. He told us how to live life. He, it's a love letter. He told us how to live life so that we can avoid pain and suffering. Trials. Trials are still going to come, but some, we don't have to create them for ourselves. <laughs> right? Sometimes we're going to have trials whether or not 
But sometimes we create the trial for ourselves by living ways that God told us not to live. Trials are going to come whether you follow Christ or not. But if we choose not to follow Christ and we live our own way, then we're just going to heap, we're just heaping abuse upon our own backs. Romans 10, 10 through 11 says this, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For Scripture says, Whoever believes on the name of the Lord will not be put to shame. For whoever calls on the Lord, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so we see here that faith is this heart belief. With the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with confession the mouth is made unto salvation. And so God desires that everyone would be saved. Everyone would repent. Everyone would turn from sin to following God. This is God's desire for everyone. And so if you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow Christ, I want to invite you to do that today. It's something that almost everyone in the room, many of us, uh, almost all of us have done. We've made this decision to follow God. We've made this decision to live his way and not live our own way any longer. And if you're here today and you want to make that decision to follow God, I want to invite you to pray with me today. Now, I'm not saying that as you pray this prayer, joy is going to come immediately, but joy will come. Uh, You'll get a, a, a level of joy immediately. That will happen. But joy comes in waves and it comes in doses. And as we continue to follow God and as we continue to set our affections on heaven and on eternity, joy will continue to increase in our life. And so if that's you today and you want to make that decision to follow Christ, I'm just going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. Pray and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come and live inside my heart. Help me to live for you all of the days of my life. I believe that you died upon the cross, that to the third day you rose again, and that you are seated with God in heaven. I believe that you saved me from my sin, that you healed me of my sicknesses, and you delivered me from oppression. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's you and you just prayed that prayer for the first time today, I'm gonna ask you to check this box on your Engage card that says, today I followed Jesus as my Lord and Savior for the first time. If you check that box, I'm gonna send you some information that explains the decision that you made and what your next step is. Your next step, your first step, find a good church. If you like it here, we'd love to have you here. If this church isn't for you, we'd love to recommend another place for you because we believe that the most important thing is that you find another body of believers that you can, you can get connected with, where you can understand the Bible, what the Bible says, and, and how to read it, how to pray, these types of things. And so check that box. We'll send you some information. There's also a couple more boxes on here. This week I will meditate on eternity more frequently. As we choose to think about heaven, as we choose to focus on heaven, our joy is going to go up. And so joy is eternal. As we, as we think on heaven, as we think about heaven, joy is going to come. Secondly, we receive joy from God. It only comes from God. We don't earn it. We don't create it. It's not my own that I make up by my own. God imparts it to me. He imparts it to me sometimes as I'm thinking on heaven. But it all comes from God. So this week as we pray, as you're seeking God, receive joy. Just position yourself to be able to receive joy in your prayer room this week. Amen? Amen. Pastor Stacy, come on up, receive the offering this morning.